Hello, hello, hello. It is your favorite Nell Koba calling in from the East Coast of the United States. And today's podcast will be about being an essential worker in the pandemic. Uh, I have to put like a bit of a disclaimer or insurance policy. I don't know. Um, I'm new to podcasting, as you guys know. Um, I have no professional training. I have no mentors. I really have no idea what I'm doing. I just have a mic. I'm recording and I'm going. I have done quite a few, I guess, dress rehearsals with this podcast. I just can't get it to not be this giant bitching and moaning and vent session again it's just to give people who aren't essential workers an idea of what it's like I'm really gonna try to keep it interesting and entertaining without just venting my frustrations so uh here we go um yes I'm an essential worker I was working in retail for not quite a boutique pet store. Somewhere I would say between boutique and Petco, they they sell higher brands, good brands, really good brands of dog and cat food. Definitely, um, I guess what's the, I believe in what the company does and that's why I stayed with them for so long. Now, the coronavirus has clearly affected all of our lives. Um, Every living thing on this planet has more than likely been affected by the coronavirus. I'm sure as most of you, when all of this first started, I didn't really think it was going to be that big of a deal because we know how the media likes to sensationalize things and, oh my god, we're going to get fucking 10 feet of snow and and it's just 10 centimeters of snow and it all melts away. The thing for me that really started to make me perk my ears up, um, I was at the gym. Now keep in mind, um, I already had fucking chaos going on in my life. Uh, I think it was January 3rd when all this started. It might be a topic for yet another podcast. And I'm like, of course we're having a deadly pandemic when I'm going through this shit in my life. Why wouldn't we have a deadly pandemic? But I was trying to push it out of the back of my mind. And what made me realize that this is really going to be a lot bigger than what we think was being at the gym and hearing Spanish people talking in Spanish, blah, 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 coronavirus, blah, 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 with this look of concern, hearing people speaking in other languages and talking about it. And that was really the first time that I felt as sad as this is, like a bit of a connection with my fellow mankind around me because we all sort of knew what was going on and what could possibly happen. And yeah, I'm sure you guys felt the exact same way. So being an essential worker in this slightly boutique pet store, uh, we started to talk about shutdowns and we saw other places of business starting to shut down. We were all worried that we were going to be out of our jobs and we're already struggling as is. By the grace of God, we were, uh, what's the term I'm looking for, uh, dubbed or named a grocer. So we were able to stay open. And at that time, I was very grateful for it. It was so weird because at the beginning we didn't change any of our hours and we were open till 9 p.m so I was a closer 
and I'm sitting in this dead store. All the lights and all the other stores around me are off. It's a complete fucking ghost town. And I'm just like, thank you for Jesus for this paycheck. Oh, my God. Thank you. I'm so happy. I'm not going to be struggling. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So, obviously, as things progressed, more and more people came in. The rushes were insane. Now, the store that I was working in, again, kind of a boutique pet store, very affluent town, very affluent people. Like, oh my God, I can't tell you. These people are so affluent. Like, oh, it just makes you want to vomit. Small, small store, busy, busy store. All of our shelves were packed with food, neck and neck, back to back, 30 pound bags stacked to the fucking ceiling and overstock. And people were just buying three bags at a time, six bags at a time. We already had these massive deliveries and we were basically just playing musical chair with all these bags of dog food. It was a great workout, but it was a lot of fucking work. Having to listen to the different customer theories on what they thought was going on, um, we had a cop who would come in and the very, very beginning, oh, you know, this isn't going to be a big deal, whatever. It's just going to be 30 deaths. You watch, you wait and see. Two weeks, three weeks goes by. Ah, you just wait and see. It's it's only going to be 300 people. Can you believe they're making us wear these? We're going to have breathing problems. This is ridiculous. I see him again, like, I don't know, maybe a month or so later. It's just going to be 3,000 people. The number just kept growing, and I, I was so tempted, so tempted to be like, "Hey, hey, officer, what's what's the number this week? What do you what do you think it's gonna be this week?" We had a couple of people who were claiming to be doctors and epidemiologists, um, and this was before any type of mask mandate was put in place. And they're masked up and they're gloved up and they're spraying their money and shit talking about how horrible this is going to be and how many people are going to die and how towns need to shut down and everything just needs to shut down for a couple of weeks and you know I'm over here thinking hmm okay I have a bag of rice at home I have a couple bags of veggies but I'm going to need some meat and probably some more rice and it was You know, I didn't freak out too much, but it was a little nerve-wracking because I kind of had like a midday close shift, so the lines at the grocery stores were fucking ridiculous, and I didn't have time, and then by the time I got out, everything is closed, so it's like, all right, I guess, um, you know, maybe I'll wait till my day off, and hopefully the grocery store will have some food for me. (laughs) Obviously, I'm still here. Obviously, none of that insanity happened. Just, just the thought of that being a possibility, as I'm sure some of you have thought too, a little, a little stressful. So um, my store's behavior towards this in the beginning was extremely supportive. They were very supportive of our staff. They kept in constant contact with us, emailing, um, sending out letters, making sure everybody knew of the protocols. Um, They even offered to get us masks in the beginning, which was great. They paid us if we were symptomatic to go get tested. Um, I myself actually ended up contracting the virus in November, and they paid for what I like to call is a coronation, (laughs) two weeks of quarantine in my little shoebox apartment. Don't get me wrong, I love my little shoebox apartment, but it's a shoebox, and having to stay in a shoebox for two weeks was 
um, challenging. Uh, I don't think my apartment has ever been more cleaned and more organized in that time. Um, but yeah, it was, it was maddening. The, the virus didn't hit me that hard. It definitely felt weird. I definitely was sick, definitely should not have been, you know, out and about. I certainly wasn't completely asymptomatic. Um, the only real long hauler symptom that I have is that my sense of smell is somewhat altered. I can still smell, but it's, it's really hard to explain. And also what started happening, um, I feel like masks might have something to do with this. Sometimes people will come up to me uh, and just start talking and I can smell something. I can't put a name on it. It doesn't smell like a food or a flower or a cologne. It's just almost like a sensation. And it's sort of like I can feel it traveling up my nose. And once it kind of hits my brain, my brain just kind of lights up on fire and I get a little bit of fight or flight. And I have to calm myself down. I have to say, all right, now look where you are. You're here. Look at this person. They're not doing anything to you. They're not hurting you. Take a deep breath, relax, and then it goes away. So honestly, I'll, I'll take that over some of the other long hauler symptoms that I've heard people have. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take a little altered sense of smell. Um, where I contracted the virus from, not a single clue. I remember when I was getting tested and the doctor called me back in to give me the positive test results. He said, okay, so who did you get it from? And I just looked at him and I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't know. And he looked at me like I was crazy. And he's like, who do you know that has it? And he was looking at me like, are you fucking crazy? And I looked at him and I'm like, so I didn't say dude, but I was basically just like, dude, I'm an essential worker. I'm like, I'm an essential worker. People come into my store without masks. Well, that's ridiculous. They're supposed to be wearing masks. I know they're supposed to be wearing masks. I have to go grocery shopping. Barely anybody wears masks when they're gross. That's ridiculous. Don't, you can't say it. No. And I said, have you gone grocery shopping recently? And he said, no, I haven't gone. My wife does all the grocery shopping. So yeah, no idea where I contracted the virus from. Uh, very happy to be basically fully recovered and long hauler symptom free for the most part. Uh, again, the company was very supportive. Uh, I think the, I don't know if it was the HR person, she would call me, check on me, see how I was doing. Um, but as the year kind of progressed and went on, um, I feel like a lot of their caution and a lot of their mm, worker stuff kind of started to slowly disappear a little bit. Um, ultimately, we had to deal with short staffness when somebody was out or symptomatic or if somebody contracted the virus themselves. Um, we received absolutely no hero pay we received no bonuses. Uh, I did not get a raise and no Christmas bonus. I mean, it would have been pretty cool. I don't know, maybe throw us some gift cards, a $25 gas card, Amazon card. No, don't, don't. We don't want to support Amazon. Uh, you know, something, anything. Basically, what we got was a Zoom Christmas party that was kind of a circle jerk for upper management. They played like these superlative games and we all voted on it and it's like, okay, whatever. And we got a pre-recorded message from the owner of the company 
um, thanking us for all of our hard work. Thank you so much. And to be completely honest with you, it was the most insincere, impersonal thing that I have ever seen in my entire life. I took a look at my face in the Zoom camera and the look... (laughs) I'm sorry, but... It literally was almost like his mom was like, you got to sit down and record a message for the work. I don't want you. You have to. Oh, my God. It was insulting. Honestly, it was really insulting. I think I would have much rather have preferred for the other higher ups to say, oh, you know, uh, blankety blank would love to be here. But unfortunately, he can't. He sends his regards. And thank you so much. for That would have been better. I would have been less insulted by that. Since then, the company... They can't really do a whole lot of repairs for their stores. There are a lot of lights out. There are broken doors, um, broken regular doors that you have to body slam to shut. uh, Automatic doors that are so old and broken that they literally, we call it kind of like seizuring. It's like they open, close, open, close, open, close, open, close, open, close, open, literally like that. Drives you fucking insane. They don't really have money for raises, but they have expanded uh, to at least two new locations. Uh, which they're currently struggling, struggling to staff. So I don't really think that uh, lay people and other people really understand the woes of essential workers. All work comes with their woes, but this shit's pretty fucking stressful. A lot of people like to think that if you're being paid minimum wage, you're probably doing very easy, very mindless work. A lot of the work that I have done requires physical labor working in the store also requires you to have a bit of knowledge on animals and animal nutrition which really isn't something that just anybody should be giving you advice on we have had plenty of people come in and say you know my cat or my dog is in liver failure or kidney failure or they're diabetic and i really don't want to give them a prescription diet what would you recommend you could literally kill somebody's animal if you don't recommend the right stuff And it's not so much, you know, the brain power, but especially when you're in the busier stores and especially if you're a uh, in-store management, you're an in-store manager or um, even a higher up associate, it's the sheer volume of work that needs to be done in a very short amount of time. And when you're short-staffed, you have even more work that needs to be done. I've literally seen some of my workers, they don't walk, they run to their next task. They run to the bathroom because they literally have to. They have to. Uh, Essential workers, we are the middleman between vendors and customers. We're the middleman between vendors and upper management. We really don't have any power. We're just communicating what one is trying to say to the other and I there are a lot of customers that really don't understand that we have no power and we have no control over this yes we switched your dog over to this food we don't have it in stock because our vendor doesn't have it trust me buddy if I could get your dog their food I would get it for you the the customers some of the customers that we have to deal with um Throughout this pandemic, 
I can't tell you how many times I've been called a bitch. I've been called a sheep. I even had one really mentally unstable woman claim that I was the devil and the devil is inside of me. Yeah, that was a really, really interesting one. I had one gentleman come in. I feel like he he had to have been on something. He immediately came in guns blazing. Where's my muzzle? I need my muzzle. They said it was going to be in here. And I'm like, oh, I, I, I don't know where your muzzle is, sir. Let me locate that for you. Ah, my harness, my harness. He just kept screaming about a muzzle and then a harness. And I'm trying to help him get to the bottom of it. I'm remaining calm because I could see that he's getting really agitated and angry. I whip out our special order book and I said, sir, I'm going to help you get to the bottom of this problem right now. He did not like this. No, he did not like this at all. He looked at me and said, you know, you got a big attitude. You're so nasty. You don't deserve your job. And I'm just sitting here with this special order book in the pen. I'm like, um, okay, so now what is it that you would like to order? Oh my God, I had to call my manager. I ended up getting all upset. Uh, it was just a big thing. He tossed a pen at me, called me a bitch. Uh, almost lost my job, but thankfully for the grace of God, we have cameras everywhere. And by the way, I cannot tell you how many times cameras and literal receipts have saved my job. Uh, there was one time I walked into work and my manager comes up to me and says, now you're not in trouble. Before I say anything, you're not in trouble. We're just trying to find out what's going on. And this woman claimed that I didn't give her the proper discounts and, you know, she, <laughs> and they printed out the receipts and they're like, nah, now you, you gave her the discounts. You even gave her the proper discounts. We thought, you know, maybe you, you didn't give her the 25 and you gave her a fit now nah, we're just we're, we're trying to figure out what's going on and I'm just like it's just our customers <laughs> I have also found and discovered at least in my opinion and in my experience is that uh, it's the really affluent people who will really dig into you and they'll really try to get away with stuff uh, when I was newer we had one woman come in and she convinced me that she had a price match for this like gourmet cat food, 67 cents a can. It was not 67 cents a can. And luckily by the grace of God, people knew what a pain in the ass this woman was. And they knew that I was new, so they let it slide. But this woman, it's 67 cents a can, I want my And I just like, whatever, just, just give it to you. Just, it's fine, take it, it's yours, just take it. This pandemic has definitely shed a lot of light on people and what their true colors are. Um, it's also shed light on our own humanity. Listen, I've done asshole things in this pandemic. We've all done asshole things in this pandemic. We can't help it. We're human. Working retail in the pandemic has definitely been uh, a jarring experience for me. Um, anytime a customer gets any type of voice right now, I immediately, I just back up and I kind of put up my, my little shield because um, unfortunately for them, I've been through therapy and there's a difference between helping an upset customer and somebody just being verbally abusive to you. And uh, I, I don't take that. Uh, it's not good for business, but um, it's also not good for my mental health. So I'm not quite sure how much longer uh, I will remain in retail. This whole thing has also shown me how the general public has very little care and very little concern for people who are essential workers. 
I, I don't like to think this. There are two sides to every story. But I really truly do believe that there is a very small part of the population that truly enjoys and likes to get under the skin of essential workers. I can understand somebody coming in and having a bad day and maybe you wanted to return something and you can't and just being frustrated, that's understandable. But every single time when you come in, there's a problem and you have to yell at one of us. Every single time you come in two minutes before close and you just meander around the store and then you give $2 worth of pennies, nickels, and dimes right before we close and you say, woohoo, you're closing soon before you leave. You know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. I have taken curbside orders where I have panicked women on the phone and talking about how deadly the virus is and they don't want to risk their life so they're going to send the nanny out. <laughs> and it's I, I, I don't I don't think they understand what they're saying. Maybe they do and they just don't care. Yeah, I think people people expect a lot out of essential workers and I don't feel as if they understand the stress that a lot of us are under. The other thing that I've noticed which really disturbs me is, um, well, first off, the people that I worked with throughout the pandemic have literally, yet again, adding to my covenant family, they've become like family. Um, there's not a day that goes by where I don't talk to at least one of them, send them a Snapchat, check on them, see how they're doing. I love these people. They're such good people. Uh, but also with getting to know these people that you work with, the other thing that I've discovered is that uh, a very high percentage of us, at least the people that I've spoken to, basically all of them, all of them, all of us, have some sort of familial trauma. I'm not sure how many people have heard of what's called ACE or ACEs. Uh, it stands for Adverse Childhood Experience. Basically, you anybody can go online. You know what? I'm going to throw a link for that in the bottom of my show notes so you guys can check it out as well. It's basically a quiz that you take and you know any adverse childhood experience that you've had, you give yourself a point. I don't wanna brag, but I'm in the double digits, hey. <laughs> so basically, you know, it'll ask, were your parents divorced? That can count as a point. Have you experienced any physical abuse, um, other types of abuse and trauma? That can also add on to a point. I don't remember the other questions and I don't wanna just like shoot stuff out and it might not be true. But definitely check that out. It can definitely help you understand yourself a little bit better. But what I'm trying to get at is if all of these people that I know were to take these tests, they would probably be pretty high up there as well. Why are all of these people working in this type of a job? Why are we all being paid minimum wage and being shat upon from all angles? Uh, I find it to be very interesting and I, I, I don't know what to do with that information. That basically wraps up my venting and my thoughts, my opinions, my realizations and uh, revelations in working in a pandemic as an essential worker. As I like to do, you know, what can we do to make this better? Well, first off, no offense, but if you're a Karen, stop being a Karen stop now also understand that we're making minimum wage 
the state that I'm in, we currently were working up to 15. We received a dollar more now, so we're making $13 an hour. But it's really amazing because I, I feel like my money doesn't go as far. It's really weird because I'm making a little bit more money, but for some reason it's just disappearing. I, I don't know where it's going. It's going to food and gas and bills and cat food and stuff like that. Confusing and it's stressful and it sucks. I myself am an extremely thick-headed, independent woman to the point where it probably does me a little bit more harm than it does good. And it's just extremely frustrating to attempt to put your best foot forward and to work and do what a company wants of you and you still can't really do anything and you don't really have anything to show for it. So what do we do about it? I don't know get a better job, <laughs> stop working minimum wage jobs, um, need certifications, you need schooling. I'm still trying to figure that out, what it is that I'm going to do, because retail really isn't a place that I want to be. There have been some times where I kind of thought, and like, well, what if they were paying you a living wage, 24 an hour, like, that just, I'm like, picture myself perking right up and being like, what the fuck do you want me to do? You want me to scrub the floors? You want me to wax the floors? You want me to deal with your nasties? Because give them to me. I will deal with it. It's, it's amazing the way that your brain kind of starts to perk up a little bit and uh, the, the happiness and the motivation that you feel when a living wage is, is even just thought of. So um, I think this, this is... I don't want to end this podcast on like a bad note it's not necessarily really a bad note it just it sort of is what it is and I think there's just a lot of changes that need to happen in this particular system where to start with that change not exactly quite sure so that's basically it my experience as an essential worker in retail Basically, I think um, how we start is to just be nicer to each other, um, have a little bit more patience and a little bit more kindness. Obviously, we understand that it's very stressful if your food is out of stock or something that you really need is out of stock, but it's not the worker's fault. So yeah, just be nice and try to be kind and patient. That's basically all I have to say for today. Thanks for hearing me out, guys. I'll see you next time.